Here we go, brownies. Here we go. Here we go, brownies. Here we go. Yeah, this for my dogs from the east to the west side. Rock it brown and orange with me, baby. Let's ride. Podcast. I'm Allie Heisong coming to July from Myrtle Beach, South Carolina, and joined with me, as always, the man, the myth, the legend, my wonderful co-host out in Boise, Idaho, Dustin. How are we doing? Allie, I'm still tired. That was a lot. That was fun, but it seemed like a lot of work. <laughs> um, just real quick shout out to all of our friends in Cleveland that came and joined Allie and I for our event. A big shout out to Felix Wright, Hanford Dixon, Top Dog and Kevin Mack for coming to our event. Um, I haven't even shared this with Allie, but I'm gonna do it right now to all of our listeners. Uh, we actually raised 4,500 pounds of food and wow. over $3,000 uh, in monetary donations to the Greater Cleveland Food Bank uh, to help the people in Cleveland need, uh, you know, to feed those families and kids. Uh, but thank you for everybody that came out and supported the cause. Uh, of course, Allie and I, when we come out to Cleveland, we love to see you guys and we really appreciate all the support you guys give us. No, we certainly do. And thanks to everybody who joined. We had so much fun. Um, it was it was hot. It was sticky. We had such a great time in Cleveland at PJ McIntyre's. We were able to meet Hanford Dixon, uh, Kevin Mack, and of course, Felix Wright, some Browns legends that stopped by and made some great donations to the Greater Cleveland Food Bank. And of course, had some great conversations with us, uh, as you can see on our Facebook page. So we encourage you to go check those out. Uh, we've got a really jam-packed show for you tonight. Yeah. We'll break down the preseason game against the Jacksonville Jaguars, which we're really looking forward to. Um, but we're not even going to get into that just yet, uh, Dustin. You know, we're, we've got we're going to dedicate our entire second segment to that. So we're going to pump the brakes there. Um, we're going to go around the league here in the first segment. We're going to talk a little bit preseason football throughout the entire NFL, uh, give you some injury updates, and of course, the Browns did make their first round of cuts. Yep. Um, we're going to dive into all of that. Prior to that, we encourage all of you to check out our friends at Only in Cleve. You can see Dustin has a beautiful hat on his head, the official Here We Go Brownies podcast hat. You can get that or a t-shirt at onlyincleve.com. Use promo code WOOFWOOF Woof at checkout to get 10% off of your order. Um, Dustin, first and foremost, uh, before we get into it, we want to start out on a little bit more of a somber note. Uh, and of, of course, sending our condolences to family of uh, uh, player uh, Dick Shafrath, a uh, Cleveland legend on the offensive line, um, a, a true Cleveland and Ohio uh, legend. So our thoughts yeah. are family, uh, truly a sad day in Cleveland. Yeah, I mean, he was kind of the stalwart of the Browns in the early era. Um, when you hate, when you hear that name, it's, it's Cleveland Browns. So everybody in the league, you know, that was in that era knew him. Uh, he went on to do more aspiration things. He, you know, was a senator from the state of Ohio. Uh, so he was kind of a living legend in his time. So uh, our thoughts and prayers go out to his family for sure. Absolutely. Um, and also to everybody that is listening, uh, we encourage all of you to, to interact with us tonight. This is an interactive show, so please make sure that you're dropping your comments. We will be monitoring that. Um, and also a good shout out to uh, one of our good friends of the program who has so graciously donated uh, for yes. four tickets the upcoming preseason football game against the New York football giants. So you have seen on our page here and of course on Twitter, how to win that. So please make sure that you check us out on all the socials on how to enter. I'll give you a little hint here. Uh, you need to make sure that you're following us. You share the post uh, and even drop a comment and that will enter you for a chance to win all four tickets. Uh, it's going to be great. They're club seats. So we just want to give a thanks to them over, um, over there. Great friend of the program. And, you know, just really looking forward to being able to interact with our listeners. I think that's going to be a great time for a lucky winner who who's able to go to that game. Allie, I mean, what a great gift. And thank you for giving that. Um, do we know what yard line they're on or where they're kind of being in the well, uh, It is, you know, I don't want to, to misquote or, or uh, I will post with all of the details on how, uh, what those seats look like. I know their club seats are, they're not. So uh, please check us out on the socials and, and figure out how you can uh, enter into that uh, contest. Nice. All right, Dustin. I'm kind of, je I'm kind of jealous. <laughs> yeah. um, we are going to break down the game against the Jacksonville Jaguars. That was a lot of fun. I know us Browns fans, we were really itching to get some football back. So it was great to be able to sit down, watch some football. I actually put this jersey that I'm currently wearing on Birdie. I don't know if anybody saw that. Fit her perfectly. Um, who ever thought that a uh, a jersey that fits me would also fit my six-month-old golden retriever perfectly? 
Well, let's be completely transparent. Golden Retrievers are not exactly small dogs, so she's also growing into to her jersey as well, I'm sure. So, I'm gonna have to get her her own. So yeah. I don't. Yeah, maybe a Miles Garrett, maybe a Nick Chubb. Uh, yeah. I don't know. Maybe a Baker. Yeah. There's there's just so many options. But it was a lot of fun to be able to sit down and watch the Browns on TV once again. It's finally back. We've survived the this long. <laughs> finally back and able to watch some football so dustin we're like i said we are going to break it down in the second segment but how nice was it to be able to watch the browns well full transparency Allie, i watched for about a half to three quarters and then i had to run off to dirks bentley i know i have such a bad life right oh. uh, so um and there was eleven thousand people in the crowd it was crazy um but i gotta tell you for the backups going against what seemed, I'm assuming, the starters for the Jacksonville Jaguars. I'm pretty proud of the Cleveland Browns right now. It was a very methodical game, it seemed, from the coaching staff. It seemed very, I don't know, it just seemed kind of calculated the way they went about their business. And, you know, I'm also pretty excited about some of the things I saw from some of our rookies that is going to make me very excited this season. So, you know what I'm excited to do is sit down and rewatch it. Uh, I think it's on NFL Network right now. Um, so if you're not watching us, go check that out. Um, <laughs> Allie, you're not supposed to tell people to go <laughs> The Browns are. No, you know, Dustin, I am excited to rewatch it because my first take on it was, you know, the word that came to mind was professional. How professional yeah. was this football team? There, there wasn't a ton of penalties. There wasn't a lot of pre-snap errors or anything like that that we saw anyways. I'm sure that there was a lot to clean up, and that's what the preseason is for, and that's not something that we had last season. Um, Kevin mm-hmm. Came in last year, no offseason, no preseason, and he right. just week one against the Baltimore Ravens. So now that they finally have that, they have their install, they've got all of that, and they're really just shifting towards getting everything right. And that's what this preseason game was for. But I'll tell you what, Dustin, just from the looks of it, everything looks so professional. I just saw the depth. There was a process. It was completely executed. From what I could see on 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 that plan, you know, it, it just looked like they knew what they were doing out there. Yeah, and it almost looked like, hey, we're putting these guys out there so we can figure out who is going to be on our 53-man roster to put the best team on the field. That's kind of what I looked at, and I kind of was looking at under a microscope like, okay, I guarantee you they're kind of taking notes on the sideline. Okay, this is this and this is that, you know, and I think um, to that point, I think you saw some players that really stepped up and purposely wanted to shine and look their best in that game. And I think that's what we saw from some of those players that you wanted them to step up. They did to show like, hey, this is why I should still be a Cleveland Brown. Yeah, we're going to get into that real quick, though. I do want to just talk some injury updates. Of course, we do know that Grand Delpit uh, did go back down today with a hamstring. So uh, you hate to see that. We I know going into the preseason game, really into just this this training camp time is you want to come out with health. Uh, Grant did have that hamstring and he, that sidelined him for a little bit. Uh, and then today at practice, he re-injured that. So ultimately not sure what his time frame looks like. Uh, thoughts and prayers to him is uh, he recovers from that injury. Hopefully it's nothing too significant that'll put him too far back. Um, of course, Steven Carlson and Ryan Switzer also uh, injured in that preseason game and put on IR. With that in mind though, Dustin, that does, uh, that meant that they only had to waive three players, being that they put uh, Stephen Carlson and Ryan Switzer on the injured reserve list. Uh, those players are Montreal Meander, Keandre Thomas, and Cordell Irigawu, uh, the uh, the guard that showed some promise. And I'll tell you one thing, Dustin, about those 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 early cuts. If I'm cut early, you fairly you feel fairly optimistic um, because the sooner you're cut, the sooner another team can pick you up. So we yeah, do. That's valid. Yeah. Um, you know. I, that's the thing with depth. We've got a lot of depth and we've got a lot of really, really good football players. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I know for sure all of those guys are going to certainly get picked back up. And correct me if I'm right, uh, Switzer got put on injury reserve, right? Or yeah. As well as Steven Carlson. Um, Kevin Stefanski did come out today and say that both of them will require surgery. Uh, so That's too bad. That is, that is too bad. Well, because Switzer had such a great fourth quarter touchdown. I mean, that was pretty yeah. great, great yeah. touchdown. And you, you hate to see that because, you know. He that just, entire drive was a thing of beauty. It took yeah. up about two minutes of play clock. Uh, Kyle Oletta just drove the ball down the field. Yeah. 
we're going to get into it. I'm not going to, you know, dive into it too much right now, but accurate, precise, and then to finish it off with that beautiful touchdown pass to Ryan Switzer. So uh, thoughts and prayers to both of those players on a speedy recovery because nobody wants to see any of that. No. Um, all right, Dustin, real quick, let's go around the league. Um, there was a lot going on in the NFL. We saw a lot throughout the preseason, a lot of rookies showing promise. I'm obviously going to shine a light on Justin Fields. That was very exciting to watch. He just put on an absolute clinic. Um, who stood out to you? Well, as I say, just real quick about Justin Fields, you know, there was kind of that question mark, but I think he actually outperformed Trevor Entrick, you know, in, 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 you know, in their preseason. And I don't think that was the case going into week one, right? I don't think a lot of people thought that Justin would rise to the top among all those quarterbacks. Uh, Wilson actually had a pretty good game for the Jets too. He's got a, he's got a arm. I mean, he made all the right plays. Uh, the running back from Oklahoma, I think it's Stevenson. Uh, he looked good. Um, he plays for, I believe, New England. Is that correct? If I'm thinking right, uh, he looked really good. Um, Zaven Collins came as delivered, right? <laughs> uh, he looked really good. Uh, some of these other guys that I was looking at, uh, another Ohio state guy, uh, Myers, the offensive line over yeah. Bay. he had a great you know I mean and by the way you're having to step into a big role right I mean you're having to be the center you basically of you know the Green Bay Packers with Aaron Rodgers I mean that's a pretty tall order I think and he performed very well so those are just some of the standouts that I saw um when looking around the league and looking at some clips but those are kind of my takeaways go ahead Ali. what were your Dustin, I completely agree. Um, I, I think that Justin Fields put on a show, right? I think he's, he kind of at, at first was trying to get his footing, and same with uh, Zach Wilson, trying to get their footing, yep. but they really felt comfortable in their role. And I, I think that Justin Fields had far and away the best performance out of all of the rookie quarterbacks. Um, and I say that because Trevor Lawrence, he didn't have as many attempts, but the Browns' defense was just flat out getting after him, and their offensive line. And by the way, they had all their starters in. Well, let's just call it how it is. A friend of the program, Porter, got in that backfield and told Mr. Trevor, welcome to the National Football League. I mean, that was a good sack, wrap up, take the guy down. Like he wasn't. But you know what I was surprised with that, Allie? He seemed a little slow on the release. Like I, because I'm used to Clemson, you know, him kind of zinging that away. I mean, he got comfortable as the game went on, but he had a little, uh, a little, trepidation it seemed like you know like he wasn't I don't know but again hats off to the Browns depth on the defensive line and our defense but to your point Allie those were the starters for the Jacksonville Jaguars so I mean imagine that defensive line with Miles Garrett and Clowney in there and some of those other guys in Billings I mean I mean it would have been all it would have been a rough day for Trevor Lawrence I mean it would I mean but I just it was impressive to see um, but I was also surprised that Trevor didn't pick it up a little quicker and, and take advantage of that situation. I was, I, I gotta be honest with all the fanfare that he came with. I mean, we talked about this at length, Allie, uh, in previous shows, slam dunk, number one pick going to be the next NFL kind of guy. And we, I don't know. I just, I was a little surprised with what I saw. in week one. Well, you know, as we say, Hey, look how good Justin Fields did. We, we got to dial that back in a little yes. bit. Same with, with Trevor Lawrence, because he didn't look bad. I, and I'm not going to go right. as far as saying that. It's one preseason game, right? You you have to take that with a grain of salt. Right. Ultimately, Dustin, the Jacksonville Jaguars are just – they're just not a great football team. Um, they're, and they're going to be – we all knew that they were not going to be uh, making a playoff run this season. Sure. But with that in mind, their offensive line needs a lot of work. The Browns have depth. And we're going to get into this here in the second segment, but he had, he had to get the ball out quickly and really yeah. straight make a place. And I don't think that's any discount to his talent or what he can be in the NFL, because it's just the first preseason game. It's his NFL debut, taking that with a grain of salt. But I would say if we hit week four, week five in the NFL regular season, and he's still maybe having some issues, then yeah, there, there are going to be some, but at this time, eh, I'm not entirely sure. Um, I thought Mac Jones looked pretty darn good. Uh, Trey Lance also with a bomb. I think it was an 80 yard. Oh, yard. oh that was, that was I mean, you put a whistle on that thing. I tell you, that was like, yeah. yeah, you like to see stuff like that. You know, it's just fun. Um, also, another newsworthy thing that we're not going to spend a lot of time on because it's not really that newsworthy. 
uh, or that significant is the uh, Jacksonville Jaguars did cut Tim Tebow. Um, it did make headlines, but I think we all knew that was coming. Uh, Dustin, sure. any thoughts on that? Here's what I think about Tim Tebow. He's an athlete, right? Let's just call it for it. I mean, he is a, uh, I mean, he's been able to play quarterback. He's won a playoff game. I mean, national champion. I wish Tim Tebow about six years ago would have said, hey, I should be a tight end in the National Football League and pivot to being a quarterback. I think he could have had an NFL career because he is just a gifted athlete. Um, and I know he was trying to make a run of this and, you know, the relationship that he has with Urban uh, wanted to give him a shot. Um, but I mean, I mean, how old is he now, Allie? I mean, he's 31, 32, something like that. Or, yeah, somewhere up there. You know, yeah, like, so I mean, yeah, I mean, is he, I mean, is they use the Tebow name, bring him in, sell some jerseys, you know. But at the end of the day, look, Tim Tebow, he can go do whatever he wants. I, and I do, I do think his playing career is quite obviously over. Um, sure. But I think he's going to have a, a career in broadcasting and doing all that. At oh, any he's very, he's smart. He's articulate. No, I was going to say, he's, yeah, he'll do fine in the sports world for the rest of his life. Yeah, absolutely. Um, guys, if you are buying or selling a home and you have any questions regarding the process or you need somebody to walk you through that process, that person is Katie Klonowski, uh, especially to our listeners in Northeast Ohio. If you have any questions or you're looking to buy, sell, invest, go check her out. Katie Klonowski out of Keller Williams. She's the best in the business. She can walk you through the entire process. Um, all right, Dustin, you want to just get into it. We've been talking about it. A little bit about Jacksonville. Let's just dive in headfirst into the preseason game against the Jacksonville Jaguars. Browns come out on top, scoring 23 over their 13 points. Again, we talk about it being a fun game to watch. Dustin, I don't know if you knew, but uh, Kevin Stefanski did delegate his play calling responsibility. Uh, we did see Drew Petzing step up and uh, make the offensive play calls. He was actually calling the plays during that. Yep. Uh, that beautiful drive from Kyle Aletta that resulted in the Ryan Switzer touchdown took about took up about a you know ten minutes of the play clock. It's a long drive. That's a long, <laughs> very long drive. That's, that's like that's like hey the Browns own the the quarter basically. I mean it's kind of crazy to think, but I tell yeah. you what we can have one of those games like that in, in, late in December in Cleveland with Chubb and Kareem Hunt. I'll take it all day because I mean anytime you keep the ball out of the hands of the other team, you're in good shape. So. Yeah. All right, so let's dive in. Give it, let, let's hear it first. What are your overall thoughts? I use the word professional. How would yep. you explain what you saw from the Cleveland Browns? Well, I saw I saw professional, and I also was excited to see that we hit, which I believe, knock on wood, from some of our picks in the draft. Yeah. Um, the speed of JOK in that football game really just jumped off the page for me. I was like, Take up about 20 minutes of this podcast strictly talking about JOK. Got reserved from that, but yeah, right. Yeah, I mean, just the fact of he can make up so much ground with his speed, and we always talked about this at length last year. The one thing that Browns is missing is speed. Um, and a friend of the program, Demetric Felton, all over the field, Allie. You want to talk about a multi-faceted player. He was making plays all over special teams. I mean, like he's a gifted athlete. And I think I was, when you saw him in that game, I was like, I'm rooting for that guy. Like he's, you know, he's a hard worker and he just flat out played in that game. Um, you know, the defensive line stood out to me. It showed for once we have depth on the defensive line, which is a great thing um, to, so those are things that stood out and just, you know, you said professional, but I got to be honest, like, if that was a regular season game, Allie, it would be one of those games that I could just sit back and go, this team is the, the, this is not the better team. We are the better team. And we're going to methodically beat this football team today because we're professional. We're going to come in with our lunch pail and do what we do and go home. That's how I looked at the game. They kind of approached it that way. Um, and I got to tell you, Kevin Stefanski just impresses me more and more every day. Like, I just want to go and give the guy a hug and say, thank you for being our coach because his, his staff respects him. The players respect him. And he just has got, he sets the tone. It just seems like, and I saw that when we were in Cleveland at training camp, Allie, he sets the tone from the whistle start to the whistle stop. Like he sets the tone for that team and it starts and ends with him. 
So that was kind of my takeaway from the game as, a, you know, just from an overall perspective. I agree entirely with everything you said. Um, you know, I think it was a very business-like approach. I used the term professional. Um, Kevin Stefanski, quite frankly, put on a coaching clinic. I, I, I feel confident in saying that. Don't get me wrong. I'm an, I'm an Ohio State fan. I love Urban Meyer, but it is evident who the better coach was in that football game. And it was but far away. You, you bring up a great point. I mean, you, you're talking about on the, side of, the other side of the field, uh, doesn't have the, you know, the NFL experience, but you're talking about a multiple national championship college football coach that understands football and also understands quarterbacks and offenses and very uh, complex, you know, things. And you're right. Coach Stefanski outcoached him in that football game, plain and simple. So you're right. That I mean, that was probably one of the things I took away because I thought Urban Meyer would put, I mean, that was one of the things I went in that game. I was like, well, Urban Meyer could, you know, show that he's here and he's going to make a difference. And I, I was like, no, coach, like not so fast. I'm going to say this being an Ohio State fan. So if Ohio State fans, what we know about Urban Meyer is um, he, he really made a career in special teams. He made a career in the offense play calling, um, you know, in the spread offense. But really who he is, is he's a culture creator. That's what he yes. does, that's what he's always done. And he's really relied on uh, guys like Mark Pantone, guys like Mickey Marotti, down at Ohio State to cultivate that program. Um, I really thought coming into the NFL, it was going to be incredibly important for Urban Meyer to put a huge emphasis on his coordinators and his offense, or really his entire staff. And I, right. I, I don't think, I don't think, I don't think he knew quite what he was getting into in the National Football League. And that, that really is a hurdle that many college football coaches to the NFL have to overcome. Um, but I think, uh, don't get me wrong, I love Urban. And I think, he's, I think he is going to be successful. But in his press conference after the game and him talking about, I wanted to run more tempo, I wanted to leave my starters in longer. Yeah. Just That's the, kind of the difference between college and the NFL. You don't do that in the NFL. You really have to save your best uh, for yeah. the season. And that just wasn't one of those things. So I no. think he's going to be better with time and experience, but it was very, very evident who the better coach was, and it was clearly the Browns. Well, I mean, you can look at, like, great NFL coaches versus great uh, college coaches. I mean, Nick Saban comes to mind. Right. He tried to make a run in the NFL um, and he went back to college where um, he's great. Right. So, I mean, you can look at those. There's been a lot of college coaches try to make that transition. And you're right. It's not as easy or as quick of a transition as you think it can be. That's, that's just the truth. It's a different animal. It certainly is a different animal. So that was one thing that stood out to me was just the, the coaching. And as I mentioned, um, the delegation of the play calling responsibilities to Trippetti was beautiful to see. And that just goes to show that it doesn't matter quite who's calling the plays because there's such, uh, there's such a belief in the system and such a belief in the offense that anybody that's calling those plays, they, they know, they really know what the standard is. They know what yes. needs um, and that is just a, a testament to Kevin Stefanski and the culture that he's brought to the Cleveland Browns, uh, but really just the structure of this offense and what is expected and, of course, the standard. So that's one thing that stood out to me. Um, you hit the nail on the head with Demetric Felton. Six-round pick out of UCLA. Coming into it, you know, it's like, okay, we've got a battle between him and Dearness Johnson for the number three running back position, but, oh, wait, he's very versatile. He can play kind of in the slot. At this point, I don't think there's any competition. I think Dearness Johnson is the third running back, but I do think that Demetric Felton absolutely has a spot on this roster as a wide receiver. I think that's who he is. Um, I think he can be a slot receiver. Not can be. I think he is. I think he is. Yeah. So quick. Um, he was so elusive. He really reminded me a lot of Jarvis in the sense that he he's very shifty. He can make those guys. Yeah. Not one person is just going to bring him down. He is going to try to make it to the next level. Um, he brought the energy. I, I think Demetri Felton, he's going to be a Cleveland Brown. Uh, I, I don't think there's any question. And for the Cleveland Browns, Andrew Barry, and this front office to be able to go out and get Donovan Peoples-Jones last year in the sixth round, who can act as a wide receiver one going into his second year. And oh, wait, by the way, we're going to go out and get Demetri Felton also in the sixth round of the 20, uh, you know, of this, of this last draft. And he's going to be a vital part of this offense. It's just... Well to the scouting department to Andrew. The, yeah the scouting department needs to get it yeah. I'm, I'm getting excited over it because it, well, it goes to show that from the top down 
I'm going to say it. There's so much alignment within this organization. Right. So much alignment that it, there's well, it's I'm on a rant right now. No, you're good, Ali. I like it. Ali's bringing the energy. I love it. So, <laughs> but Felton brings so much to like your. So when you talk about teams, and we have to get over the Bills, and we have to get over this, the Chiefs, and some of these other football teams, you're like, okay, what gives us that edge? Well, a guy like Felton, you can put him on special teams, right. wide receiver. Uh, maybe you need him for a shifty running back type of play late in the game. I like guys like that are, that are so versatile that they can beat you in multiple positions on the football field, right? Because you can be like, okay, it's time to put Felton in and they don't see what's coming, right? Like, I like that piece of it, that he's got multifaceted written all over him. And that's what I just was, that's what impressed me in that Jacksonville game. I'm like, man, he's making plays all over the field. Doesn't matter where they put him. So that was kind of my takeaway. And that's what excites me about him is just his versatility as a football player. And his energy. We saw the energy that he brought just in our interview. Um, yeah. And his, his wherewithal of the playbook, he, he had to study every time or every minute that he had to the offensive playbook because he needed to understand uh, the wide receiver position. All wide receiver positions, by the way. He needed to understand X, Y, and Z. He needed to understand the running back, you know, and he also needed to understand special teams is going to be that guy. So I'm excited for him and what he brings to the table, but his energy in our interview that we had on a couple of weeks ago was just, you could just see it. The yeah. guy, he brings he it. Was, as Allie would say, he was ready to run through a brick wall. That's the kind of energy he had. He was ready to run through a brick wall. Yeah. And I got to tell you, I've been told he is one that shows up early and leaves late. I like you that. And, and that's the kind of guy that fits the, the Stefanski kind of offense and all that kind of stuff. But it just goes to show you the culture has changed so much in Cleveland that these guys know, man, this is a good football team. And I just can't lollygag around if I want to make the 53 man roster. And that's what I saw in that Jacksonville game is like, we're all playing for positions here on this football team and we better work our butts off if we want to be at that 53 man final roster. Yeah, you're absolutely right. Uh, this season listeners, if you are like me, have to have a good meal on game day have to i like barbecue i like a hamburger I like a cheeseburger and if you're going to do that you have to get your meat from five star meats truly if you were in the northeast ohio area what are you doing go get bob and his crew they are truly the best um and like they say at five star meats there ain't no wiener like a five star wiener that's what they say that's what they say so make sure you get your hands on that this season for all of your game day meals best in the business it was great to meet his family and have them out there and cook all those dogs um bob's a good guy and uh like i said a cleveland classic company that's been around a long time yep, absolutely Go support your local business um okay so another thing i want to put an emphasis on was of course just the overall depth of the entire team yeah one one thing specifically that caught my eye was the offensive line now i don't know if you, you caught this but uh, where I live down here in South Carolina, of course, I was listening to the Jags broadcast. Um, As was I, which was really. Yeah, I think yeah. now that was the <laughs> um, At one point, I don't think they quite realized that our offensive line were not the starters. They made it seem or made it sound like, you know, wow, this this Jags team is currently going up against the best offensive line in the NFL, which is true, except it was the second and third team offensive, offensive line. Um, right. And that just goes to show. <laughs> that How just good our offensive, yeah. Wonderful. And again, shout out to the scouting department and the, the development of Bill Callahan and, and him being able to develop these players. I want to shine a light on uh, James Hudson. I think he was remarkable at playing left and right tackle. Yeah. Uh, of course, he did have a, a snap penalty. That's going to happen, rookie mistake. But ultimately, I thought he brought what he needed to bring. Um, you have guy like a uh, guy named Blake, Michael Dunn out there. Uh, I mean, um, Nick Harris that really just stepped up. You knew they were going to be good. But Dustin, I mean, Bill Callahan said it himself that there are six guards on this roster that would be starting in the NFL. Well, I think on the 53-man roster, Allie, you could see the Browns possibly keeping 10 offensive linemen. Um, this offensive line is so good, um, and we know we live and die by the offensive line and the amount of time that Baker has 
and the running game has. And anytime you can control the line of scrimmage, that's where teams are won and lost is on that line of scrimmage. So Bill Callahan has done a phenomenal job with that offensive line. And he has got those guys all rowing in the right direction. So I'm excited for the offensive line. And to your point, Ellie, we talked about this not too long ago in a game where the Browns are wondering um, who, which offensive guy is coming in. Cause I don't know who's going to back up that guy. I mean, it wasn't too long ago that we wondered who the backup was going to be because we're now down to the third guy and I've never heard of that guy. And now I'm scared who they're putting in there. That's not the case anymore. We don't miss a beat, not much of a beat at least when the backups come in. I feel very confident. Yeah, I felt great. Um, I will say I didn't love the only thing that stood out to me in, in a negative sense was we didn't really run the ball as, as effectively as I thought we would. I, I would agree. Yeah. I do think John Kelly was a beast out there. <laughs> He's running with a vengeance. I loved watching him, but I, I didn't see those big bursts or those big gaps like we would have liked, but it is preseason. You do want to see a lot of those, uh, you know, pass protecting type of snaps. Um, on that same note, how about Kyle Aletta in that, that preseason game? Well, yeah. How about, yeah, how about the debate of who should be the second string, right? I mean, real quick, before we get into Kyle Laletta, yeah. I want to talk about this. There's a notion among Browns fans, and I love the energy. I love the energy. But the notion that that um, Case Keenum is expendable makes me sick. No, you don't replace Case Keenum. No. I mean, we've talked at length the value he brings to the table, and I will just highlight it real quick, just his better in presence, his know of the playbook, um, yes. relationship that he has with Kevin Stefanski and, of course, with Baker Mayfield. Here's the thing. If you take a look at um, – let, let's take a look at Dallas. Their backup quarterback's Garrett Gilbert, who a year ago was our third-string quarterback. Correct. Okay, him and Dak Prescott are two totally different players. Case Correct. Keenum – Mayfield do play very similarly. So in the event, God forbid, knock on wood, that something were to happen and you do have Case Keenum step in, the offense is still pretty much designed. Well, I tell people that that we have probably the best backup in the National Football League. And the reason I say that is when he goes in, it's not like, oh, crap, I don't know the first 20 plays that we're going here, right? Like he understands the playbook and he's like, okay, let's go. We're already doing this. And he's not too many years removed with Kevin Stefanski and the Minnesota Vikings going to the NFC championship game. So my point being, not only could he win you playoff games, he understands Kevin Stefanski's offense to the point where I don't think like Kansas City Chiefs fans did in Kansas City at the playoff game I was at. You could hear a pin drop in that stadium when it said Patrick Mahomes was in concussion protocol. They were like, oh, crap, it's Henny. Now, we can say what we can about that play, but with Henny, but I can guarantee you the confidence in that stadium was gone when they saw Henny go in that football game. I think as a Browns fan, you should feel lucky that you have that kind of backup because most teams do not have that. You know what? I, I want to give credit to where I heard this, but I cannot remember off the top of my head. It was a Browns podcast. Uh, and if I, if I think that I'll drop it in the comments here, but they had a really good point. They said, if, if in the event that uh, another quarterback had to step up and it was Kyle Lalletta, you would automatically lose entire faith that the Browns would have any shot at a Super Bowl run. Right. I, I think that's fair to say, but if the backup quarterback is Case Keenum, they use the term you can pretty, he can pretty much, Garoppolo his way into a Super Bowl, right? You have talent on the roster and the offensive line. Is is he Baker Mayfield? No, no, he's not. But can he kind of run the system in a way that would be similar to? I would feel fairly confident in our ability to continue to make a deep playoff push. Well, Nick Foles, Nick Foles is yeah, Nick Foles is a perfect example. He won a Super Bowl with the Philadelphia Eagles, right? And you know why he did, Allie? Because he understood the offense and could go in there and execute it from snap one. So, again, if you're if you're confident in your backup, um, again, I, I always joke with friends that are, you know, I ask their football team, hey, who's your backup quarterback? And they're like, uh, they don't know, right? Like, it's like, <laughs> I was like, I have friends that are Seahawks fan. I'm like, who's your backup to Russell Wilson? Because – if Russell Wilson goes down, I mean, Allie, you could probably agree. Seattle's in probably a world of hurt. You know, or, I mean, look, I mean, we can talk about it even now. 
Aaron Rodgers. Some people would tell you that if Aaron Rodgers didn't come back this year, Green Bay may not be a playoff team at all, period, right? So the fact that Aaron Rodgers is back, everybody's like, okay, they should be fine, right? I mean, that just goes to show you how valuable your backup quarterback can be in the NFL. All right, yeah, moving on. No, you're absolutely right. And, of course, I don't want to discount Kyle Aletta. He stepped in and he had a beautiful game, um, truly. Taking that, again, with a grain of salt, you don't want to give too much emphasis one way or another uh, in a week, you know, the first preseason game. So excited to see what he brings to the table against the Giants. If he can, you know, throw on another great performance, it's going to be interesting, Dustin, not to spend too much time on the quarterback situation, but it's going to be interesting to see what the Browns do and how many quarterbacks they keep on the roster. Um, let's take a look at the defensive side of the ball. Jay, okay, let's just, let's just talk about him. Let's just talk about him. Damn. I know. What a guy. Oh. What a guy. I'm excited for him for many, many reasons. And again, you have to, you have to credit the front office and the scouting department to go like, why is he falling? You know, he's in the second round now. We're stupid not to go get him, right? And the Browns looked brilliant not having to move very far to go get a, a dynamic playmaker. So um, the fact that he was all over the field like he was. And by the way, let's talk about this, how quickly – he has caught up to learning the defense. Like, I mean, because he's our, remember, he's a rookie. He's on a learning curve here. How quickly he has adjusted to the scheme in Cleveland. And, and, and correct me if I'm wrong, he was out with COVID, right? Correct. He, yep, that's correct. Yeah. So now you got a guy that's now off the field, probably studying his butt off when he's not in there. So when he gets right back in, he can get, I'm just impressed with his work ethic all the way around. Like this guy is, you could not have gotten a better linebacker in the draft, period. I mean, we can say all we want about Zavins Collins, but JOK came as delivered, and I think he's even more – he came more than even I thought he would be. So, this at this point, let me say that, at this point, where we're at. Yeah, I, I have nothing but great things to say about him. And after the game, um, I, I think he might have been talking with – I think it was Nathan Zagura, and he basically said, oh, my God, I was terrible out there. I, my eyes were in the wrong place. I wasn't – you know, I wasn't hitting the gap quick enough or whatever. And sure, you know what? Let's have those moments in preseason where we let those things. So that's what we want to see. And we'll talk about hit that here in a second of what we want to see against the Giants. And one of those things, honestly, Dustin, I want to see some mistakes, right? You want to see some of those learning curves. You don't want everything to be perfect. No. But and they won't be. And they won't right. expect it to be. But the good that we saw from JOK was great. The good was great. Mm -hmm. Came to play. His ability to understand the defense um, and just flat out get after the quarterback and be a ball. Oh, oh my God. Oh, I'm just, yeah. he brings to the table. He's the real deal. Um, yeah. I, I'm just, uh, I'm so excited to see this guy develop into what I think and I think what we all think he can become. Oh, absolutely. So, no, I was excited to watch him fly around the ball out there. Yeah, no, he's, I think he can become an icon in Cleveland the same way that Stadium Mustard has been. For <laughs> uh, we talk about some of those, you know, those beautiful sandwiches that you have in the summer. Like I mentioned, I have to have a good game day meal and it's not complete without Stadium Mustard. It's just an iconic Cleveland brand. It's got that iconic flavor and taste. Actually, I uh, was down at the beach the other day and I met some Browns fans. There's a lot of Ohioans that come down to Myrtle Beach, and we got to it's talk. A vacation, it's a vacation hotspot for Ohioans, I've heard. First thing, you know, after telling them about, you know, what we do here on the program, I said, hey, I'll be right back. And I ran upstairs, <laughs> I took it down to him. He's like, oh, my God, I love Stadium Mustard. I'm like, it, it, it is so iconic. You have to have it. And it, if it is not in your kitchen this fall, you're doing something wrong. So make sure you have uh, Stadium Mustard and you are stuck up in your household because it is truly iconic. Yeah, as I say, I always put it on on dogs, but I tried it on a sandwich the other night. It's actually pretty good on a sandwich. Like, like I did, I wouldn't think of it like because you just think of it traditionally on a hot dog, but I put it on a like a roast beef sandwich. It was pretty good. Yeah, no, it's awesome. Um, also, Dustin, we talked about JOK. I do want to talk about Greg Newsom, who I also thought looked great. Um, again, seeing seeing the secondary was a lot of fun to watch. I think Greg. Uh, He's very rangy. That's kind of what I took away. Uh, Richard LeCount looked awesome. I am stoked for that guy. 
Um, yeah. just overall, the defense looked pretty darn good. And we talk about the depth. Um, the defensive line, the defensive tackles really, I thought looked really good. Tommy Togi, I looked awesome. He was able to get yeah. after order Gustin as we know, he looked awesome. He was able to get home. Um, I do have uh, some concern on the defensive ends um, with Tack McKinley currently out. Uh, we don't know what that looks like. Um, that could be that could be an extended injury. From yeah, working through some things. So I, I don't want to all out say, hey, our biggest hole is at defensive end. Uh, I, I'm not going to go there and say that, but I, I would just throw a little caution there that defensive end, I'm not super, super comfortable with the depth as it currently stands, but it does allow uh, guys like Port Augustine, Malvo, guys like that to really be able to showcase their skill set. Um, and, you know, it's a really good opportunity for some of these other guys to step up during the preseason. Uh, as I say, it also gives an opportunity for someone like Curtis Weaver out of Boise State, right, to kind of step up and show what he can do, right, and, and take that opportunity and seize it. So um, we always talk about this. In the NFL, sometimes it's the next man up. It just that's the way the league is. Uh, unfortunately, injuries do come and happen, um, but you're right. Uh, one quick point of note on Newsom. Yeah. I tell you what I like about him in press conferences. He owns his mistakes and says, hey, I did this crappy. I did that crappy. I'm going to fix this. I'm going to fix that. And I got a lot of work to do. Like he, like you said, he owns it and he's ready to get better the next day. I like that about Greg Newsom, and I think he's going to be a standout player. Uh, he's smart. He's intelligent. But I like how he just owns it and go, yeah, I did this wrong, that wrong, and I'm going to fix it. Like he, he's, he understands his mistakes to your point and gets them cleaned up for the next week. What did you think overall about the like, Joe Wood's defensive scheme? It was, it was very, very different from what we saw, you know, last season. Last season we saw a lot now due to injury, due to just personnel, a lot of prevent defense. Sure. Um, really started blitzing the heck out of the quarterback. Yeah. Um, what, yeah. what were your thoughts on the scheme from Joe Woods? You know, I think just like with every offense and defense, they evolve. Um, I think Joe is trying to use the preseason to see what that final defense will look like going into week one. But I think he's also not trying to give away his cards in the preseason because um, this is a copycat league. So people watch film, right? The Kansas City Chiefs are probably watching preseason film on the Cleveland Browns just like we are on the Kansas City Chiefs. So I think he wanted to see and put some different fundamental uh, schemes in there just to see how the players were to react. Because we know week one, you know, he wants to keep his cards close to the to the vest. So I think he was just trying to work some stuff out. That's how I took it. Like this isn't the final version of the defense we're going to see. Right. I totally agree. Um, but it was nice to see them kind of being a little bit more aggressive. I like right. <laughs> I know when I saw those blitz, I'm like, hey, what's going on here? This is the Cleveland Browns defense I'm used to. I know it was like, it's funny to watch that. Um, before we get into our uh, giving away game balls, which we normally do during our post-game shows, we're going to do a little bit of that here in this next segment. Before we do that, I just want to give a shout out to the Orlando Baking Company. Uh, they were also at the event in Cleveland, and we talk about having your five-star wiener. We talk about stadium mustard. You can't you can't finish it without having fun. And they were so nice, Dustin. You know, again, we talk about that iconic brand, that iconic flavor. If you don't have that in your kitchen this, this upcoming season, you're doing something wrong. So make sure you're stocked up um, like the Browns are on game day. You know, yeah. have, your, uh, have your buns ready. Have your buns ready, bottom line. <laughs> That's great. And, you know, Allie, with that said, every person should have in their fridge on game days, they should have their stadium mustard. They yep. should go to the grocery store and buy their Orlando bread and also of course get their hot dogs and five-star meats and you better not be picking up that Heinz ketchup because we'll not that's a bad word for Clevelanders because we don't like anything Pittsburgh and go get yourself some Cleveland ketchup and then you are ready for grilling you're ready for your your entire Browns tailgate if you're at the Muni lot you're ready to go and by the way you're then supporting the community which Clevelanders that's what we do and, and you know what there's no better way to show off then showing off in the Muni lot. And <laughs> with your five-star wiener, your Orlando bread bun, your stadium mustard, and of course your Cleveland ketchup, which you can yeah. get some flavors, uh, bacon and bourbon classic, which I love, and of course the ghost pepper. So uh, make sure that you're stocked up, you're ready for this upcoming season. All right, Dustin, let's take some game balls. Um, yeah. I'll, I'll let you go first with the offensive game ball. Offensive game ball. You know, I'm going to give it to Demetric Felton. 
just I'll tell you why I want to give it to him. Um, I looked at the whole scope of the football game of like a player that just kind of stood out and just did everything. And he was kind of, they threw the entire playbook at him and wherever he was at, he actually did his job and he did it well, um, no matter what he was, because, you know, you throw him in this position or that position, you know, you might have a, but he, he sealed the deal. I was like, man, they got him over here. Now they got him over there. Um, I'm going to give it to Demetric. He just kind of stood out as that player that all around was doing everything for the offense. Yeah, I'm going to go DPJ on this. Um, we talk about six-round picks, right? Demetri Felton. Um, Donovan Peoples-Jones, we, he's kind of been the star of camp, and we've really kept an eye on him with some beautiful grabs, just his ability to get open, but also his ability to just go up and make those basketball-style plays. Um, what we saw in the preseason uh, game against the Jacksonville Jaguars is he did just that. It wasn't just kind of an anomaly in, in training camp. He's bringing it to the table again um, on the field, you know, during, during these scrimmages. So I'm going to give it to him. Um, he made some amazing plays. He was able to get open. Um, he really made some beautiful, that one handed grab was just a thing of beauty. Um, so I'm going to give it to him. Uh, the two six round picks taking the game balls for the offense. I like to see it. All right. Here. I have a caveat for the defense. Okay. Who is your defensive game ball going to not named Kilmaiu Su Koromoa? Oh, I was just going to say for the for the sake it of quite it is quite well, obvious. Yeah, for the sake of podcasting, I was not going to pick him because I knew you would pick him because oh, right. Let's let's yeah. both agree that he was a stud and he deserves yeah. the game ball. Yeah. But yeah. he's talking about him right now. I want to shine some light on some other players, so I'll turn it over to you first. Yeah, I'm going to go with the starting offensive line for the Jacksonville Jaguars and Porter Gustin kind of playing his butt off in this game. I mean, from that surge and the blitzing, and I got to tell you, there was two or three other times that Porter practically sacked him again. I mean, there was a couple of times where this could have been a three sack game for Porter, but he kind of just really played his lights out on this game. Um, and he had a surge and he had kind of a mission in that football game. Um, and it was kind of funny. I was watching his mom on Twitter and she was getting excited. Like, I mean, he just had a good game, like a solid football game. Um, so mine's going to go to Porter. So good friend of the program. I'm going to go with Porter. It was fun. And, you know, I actually had some family in town. Uh, my mom was here. My sister was here. My aunt was here. And we were all sitting down watching it. And um, when Porter made that play, I said to my mom, I said, it is so great to be able to see these guys that we built kind of a relationship with, a friendship right. with, to make plays against trevor lawrence um it's, it's right. so real in a way so we're really right. rooting for them and to be able to see them go out and put a show on was was just so nice um so we love porter augustin he's awesome but i'm actually going to go with richard lecount for my defensive game ball the, ki- the, the kids showed up uh, i know that there were some question marks uh on his injury history right he had right. that had that accident in georgia that kind of limited yep. um his draft stock really he he fell a brown's pick <laughs> Fifth round, right? Fifth yeah, round? It's Justin, I will tell you, I, I'm very, very pleased. Now, of course, we don't want to see Grant Delpit go down, but the way that Richard LeCount showed up and played, I, I don't want to say I feel comfortable with him stepping into a larger role, but I think he might be ready for to, to take on somewhat of a rotational role in the safety room. Um, so I, I think I think I'm going to go with Richard LeCount on this one for my defensive game ball. He showed up ready to play, and he yep. made awesome, awesome ball hawk style plays. Yeah, I was just Allie, just when you look at the game as a whole, we talk about this when there's rookies and players. Um, you look at camp and you say, okay, this player was great in camp, or you know, he looked good in camp. But when the lights are on and the clock ticks, that's a whole nother thing, right? That's a live football game. And I think to your point, some of these players just shined, you know, when the lights came on in Jacksonville. Um, and they were pretty excited. Um you know, I think there was a lot to be said with that, that these guys, when the lights came on, showed up the same way they did in camp. And that's kind of what I took away a little bit from some of these guys, to your point, um, that just showed up and just played. They balled out in the football game. Yeah. Um, and let's, before we wrap up and move on here, uh, what about special teams? You know, other than Demetric, the little bit that I saw from there, that was the only thing that really stood out to me was Demetric in the football game. I'll, I'll take this one. I'll, I'll, actually, I'll give two out. Um, I'm going to give my first one to Jojo Natson. He had a beautiful run. Oh, yes. Of course, it got did get called back. Um, right. 
you know, I'm, I'm sure Preet got eyes on what that run looked like. He's got to really capitalize on every opportunity that, that he gets. Um, yes. Another thing I'm going to give is just to both the kickers. I think that they both kind of showed up. Uh, Cody Parkey did have a, a wobbly one that hit the upright but did end up going in, but ultimately it went in. Um, so I'm going to give another game ball to them. It was actually, I think, his yard, uh, his longest kick, uh, actually, even from last season. So uh, yeah, I think you're right. Was it 56 yards? It was no, I think it was 48, 49 okay. in that ballpark. So again, not a pretty kick, but it went in. Um, so I'm going to give it to both the kickers. I think they both looked pretty darn good. Yeah. Um, Dustin, why don't you tell our listeners about that beautiful, beautiful backdrop behind you and where they possibly get one? Well, you know, it's funny. I, we, you probably saw Andy when we were at our event and I said, how have you been? He goes, I'm busy. He goes, I'm making all kinds of backdrops. Um, as you know, it was the Browns backers weekend in Cleveland. Uh, he goes, I'm making one for the people in Denver now and uh, our friends down in uh, North Carolina, you know, our friends that came to our party. Uh, you've met them the husband and wife, big friends and uh, of the program. He goes, I'm busy. I'm making these backdrops. So by the way, uh, if you guys came to our event, Allie and I have our great 10 by 10, but he can make these for any event, for any group or anything. Um, and they have gutters on them. So if you're going to be, and we, I learned this, Allie, it poured on that Sunday, like mm -hmm. flash flood wise in Cleveland. So it does rain. So you do want a nice canopy if you're at the Muni lot when the snow is going sideways off the lake or it's pouring down rain. I'm sure, Ali, you've experienced a weather game or inclement yeah. weather in Ohio. <laughs> so. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So definitely go check them out over at Gutter P. They are truly, they're awesome. Um, I'm, sure, I'm sure if you can go through some of our pictures from the event, you'll see that beautiful setup that we had uh, from Andy and his team. Um, so go check them out over at Gutter P. Uh, Dustin, we've got a couple more minutes here. I do want to just kind of wrap up with what we are looking forward to in the game against the Giants. I'll let you go first. So correct me if I'm wrong. Is this the game that more of the starters will be in or will it be the final? I don't know. And the reason yeah. I say that is because this is kind of a new preseason, right? Correct. We have yes. one last season. This is truncated. We're only playing three. So I'm not really sure what it's going to look like. I, I really don't anticipate a lot of starters out there. Actually, I think it would look quite similar to what it looked like against the Jacksonville Jaguars. Could okay. be, um, but it's hard to tell because there really is no script for this. Right. Um, what I want to see in the Giants-Browns game is I want to see just more, um, what's the word I'm looking for here? Just more professionalism. I just want to see them go out and do what they're supposed to do. Um, now, here's the other thing. Preseason games, it's really hard to judge them um, I can make the argument that the Browns, I think, were 4-0 a few years ago, and they went 0-16, and, <laughs> and they went 0-16 in the regular season. So let's not, let's keep, you know, let's pump our brakes, as you would say, keep the powder dry. These are more, I think, auditions for, for at least this Browns team of who's making the roster. If we lose to the Giants, I don't think we should say, oh, my gosh, the Giants are this great football team. No. What are we doing schematically to, you know, move that roster down to 53. So I just want to see the players, the ones that we think can shine, shine better. And the ones that want to make their roster get better. So I look for, I just want to see improvement among the players. If their starters are not in there, sharpening their skills, I guess is what I'm looking for. Sharpening those skills. Let's see, you know, Greg making less mistakes. Let's see these other guys, you know, really cleaning up those kind of things. Like to your point, JOK said, my eyes were in the wrong direction. Okay, the next time he goes, hey, I, I, I got this dialed in now. I'm good, right? Those are the things I'm looking for week one to week two in this football game. Yeah, for sure. Um, I think for me, I think this kind of goes without saying, I'm really looking forward to everybody remaining healthy. Uh, yes. That's really ultimately the number one, the most important thing to come out of uh, the joint practices and, of course, the, the preseason game against the Giants. Um, but you're right. I do want to see them kind of run it back you know, with the discipline. I don't want to see a lot of penalties. Um, I did say that I do want to see mistakes. And quite frankly, I do. Um, now, I don't want to see them making the same mistakes, right? I want to see these other guys, um, you know, like like Kyle Laletta, for example. You know, it, it, I'm not going to be upset if he's out there maybe making an incorrect read. You know, those are things that you kind of want to see. Some of these younger players start to develop. Right. Um, so that's really what I'm looking for, just that continuity, of course, them running it back once again with the 
overall professionalism, them ready to step up play and remain healthy is, is really, I think, what we're looking for here. Um, I agree. Yeah, I agree. Yeah, I think that's obviously the most important. Well, let's be, let's be transparent here. The Browns are only going to go as far as how healthy they are and, and how much depth we have going throughout the season. I mean, I mean, and Kevin Stefanski has brought up more than one. He's very cognizant of these guys, how many reps he gives them in training camp, uh, soft tissue damage, you know, kind of things that happen in regular practices. He's very, very aware that he has to keep this team healthy because it's, again, not a 16-game season, but a 17-game season now. And you got to keep these guys healthy and you got to make sure they get the right reps in. And you want to make sure these guys have the longevity because you're only going to go as far. Um, I mean, look, I mean, we can only look to the San Francisco 49ers last year. They had a lot of hope. And then they got decimated with injuries. And that really took that team down. So um, knock on wood, we can keep these guys healthy and pretty fresh for the season. So I do appreciate when Kevin Stefanski gets out there and goes, no, I got these guys on account. I know what I'm doing. <laughs> um, and I'm going to keep these guys healthy. So. Also, guys, if you are kind of sitting around this week wondering what the heck you're going to do for dinner, maybe lunch, we encourage you to go over to Lakewood and head on over to Angelo's Pizza, <laughs> best pizza that you'll ever have. And I'm not just saying that. I was able to have some uh, this, this uh, was that this past week or the weekend prior when we were in Cleveland for an event, they had a booth there and they were giving out pizza and dust. And I'm telling you, like, it makes my mouth water just talking about it. So it, it is so good. Miles Garrett loves it. We always encourage some of the players that we have on to go check out Angelo's Pizza. Truly amazing. You can get, they've got the, the crust. They got pepperoni and cheese. Oh, and oh, wait, another layer of pepperoni and cheese. And it's just, oh my God, it's so good. So well, please, Allie, favor and go pizza in Lakewood. You made me laugh because we over, as anybody that was there, Allie and I went over and said, hey, we got to get our Angelo's Pizza fix. We are not leaving this event until we go get our Angelo's Pizza. And I looked around, I'm like, Allie, you have a big piece. And you're like, so like, like, damn right I do. <laughs> so it was awesome. um, those guys. Alan, I got to tell you, what really sets them apart is that buttery crust. You know what I'm talking about? That buttery crust. That's kind of the, the magic sauce with those guys. Like, it's that crust that I really, yeah. So good. So good. Actually, I uh, was the same people that I was speaking to. Um, like, hey, you have any stadium mustard? Oh, let me go get you some Cleveland ketchup. Like, let me just give you everything I have because it's awesome. <laughs> By the way, because they're, they're from Cleveland. Um, I'm like, have you been to Angelo's Pizza? They're like, no, we've always wanted to. I'm like, go, go, leave Myrtle Beach immediately and go to Lake <laughs> and go to Angelo's Pizza. So they're heading up there um, whenever they get back home. And I, I really highly encourage them to do so because it's anybody I see, I'm like, oh, you're from Cleveland? Angelo's Pizza. Go, go now. <laughs> that good. Um, so if you are listening and you know you're questioning, hey, you know what? What am I gonna do for dinner this week? That's the answer. I'm telling you what to do. If you're looking for a sign, this is it. Get some Angelo's pizza. Dustin, any closing thoughts as we wrap up on a beautiful Wednesday evening? You know, Allie, if you can believe it or not, out here in Boise, it's been a hundred plus for seems like two dozen days. Today it's 75 degrees, and I feel like I'm in fall, which is weird. And then it's gonna be 85 tomorrow. But um, everybody stay safe out there. Um, we know our friend, the COVID is making rounds again and not doing the things we want it to do, but, uh, stay safe. Um, obviously we want everybody to have fun and enjoy training camp. And, uh, more importantly, I just wish the Browns health and come out of this, uh, Giants game, uh, with no injuries. That's kind of what I'm hoping for. Well, I'm right there with you, Dustin. Uh, it's going to be fun to watch. I'm excited to see them play this Sunday. It's so great that the Browns are back. I feel alive again, um, and we'll talk <laughs> next week. Guys, with that, stay safe, stay healthy, and as always, go Browns. Go Browns. <laughs> Cleveland, this is for you. This is for you. Here we go, Brownies. Here we go. Here we go, Brownies. Here we go. Here we go. Yeah, this for my dogs from the east to the west side. Rocket brown and orange with me, baby. Let's ride. Represent the land, let them know, tell them, here we go, brownies, here we go, yeah, here we go.